Welcome to the Christian Freethinkers Project. My name is Jeff Hoffman. And I'm Josh Wirtz. And I'm happy to say that when when I say that I am here with my co-host today, I am actually here in person with Josh Wirtz. This is amazing. It is amazing. It's been, what, almost two years, right? I think it's been just about, if not a little bit more than two years. Um, Because I think the last time I saw you, we were just talking about this. Like We were at a giant uh, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch buffet in in Lancaster County. And that was about as much as private time that we got with each other was staring at each other with several hundred other people at a smorgasbord. Yes, with our with our uh, our children uh, uh, devouring their their buffet plates. Oh my gosh! At least two times their weight. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is that um, I think it's safe to say that that neither Josh nor I nor our families are exactly buffet people or families. Is that a fair? Well. Probably a best way to picture this, and and I apologize if I ruin the buffet for anybody in the future. Is um, my my wife and I we met uh, her father um, out to dinner at a place that had a um, just a few days ago at a uh, a salad bar, and my wife's comment to me was, "Yeah, I'm not getting the salad bar. I'm not eating at a salad bar in the height of flu season. That is uh. not what I am doing." No. So, no, we are not buffet people. No, no. And, um, I mean, I try to steer clear of any uh, food that requires a sneeze guard. Yeah. Well, technically, all food requires a sneeze guard. It's just, typically, it's not up in front of a lot of people, <laughs> if that may. And not non-culinary professionals. Like, yes. I'm okay if culinary professionals deal with a sneeze guard. Yeah, like if you guys want to sneeze on my steak when you're like seasoning it to perfection, I mean, please still don't, but I won't see it. And um, those those are flavor crystals, Jeff. Flavor flavor crystals, crystals yeah. Flavor crystals, yeah. So anyway, that was the last time Josh and I saw each other, and uh, we've uh, I, I think Josh has seen uh, my wife when she came out to to visit his wife, and I've seen his wife and kids when they came out. Uh, to to visit with family on the East Coast, but uh, it's uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty special thing for us. So special that I I, I just heard a truck in the background. Yes, that just that that's a that that truck is backing up just boatloads of fun. And it just, really is. It's about ready to drop it off. Well, I have to I have to go uh, show them where to drop it off. Okay, go show them where to stick it. Hurry One back. second. So while Josh is doing that, I'd just like to talk a little bit about what our show today is going to be about. Uh, this is the Enneagram episode, and uh, right now, I think anybody who's been on Facebook or uh, um, not living under a rock has probably uh, seen some version of, of the Enneagram, um, even if you don't realize it. Um it's a really cool test, though, sort of like a, um, uh, an ancient people's version of the uh, Briggs-Myers test. Um, was, that, was that? Oh, Josh is back. Oh, 
I would say Myers Briggs, not Briggs Myers. Briggs Myers, um, Myers Briggs. See, I hate to give one person dominance over another. I feel like that's just wrong. Well, you know, I figured that they already figured out the order, and I'm going to let them deal with that, you know, in their own, you know, it's already settled at this point. You know, it's it's labeled, it's trademarked, it's good. That's true. That's true, fair point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's something that, well, so the, the origin of it is something that um, is is debated between experts. You know, the modern version kind of came to be somewhere in like the 50s and the, and the 60s really kind of began to establish itself um, with um, as far as like a, a psychological tool. Um, but like it's some, there are some people who argue that a lot of the information in the Myers-Briggs can actually be traced back to um, to the 4th century um, to um, to some, some mystic Christians. You mean the Enneagram? Yes, the Enneagram. Did I say Myers Briggs? Yeah, my bad. Nope. It's all right. We all we all reverse the wording sometimes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, but it's a cool tool. And, and something I like about it, I know um, I've dealt with not necessarily like about when I think about personality tests. You know, I'm not thinking about like the latest BuzzFeed quiz of which Disney princess are you? Um, by the way, I'm an Elsa. Um, Ariel. Ariel. Yeah, that's what. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Oh, I wouldn't expect. It's you know what now. Are, it's are the you, fair skin. Are you emo Ariel? Uh, I, I, have you? Are you I mean, have you seen emo Ariel? I've I've had my lip pierced twice, and I you have are a emo lot of Ariel. tattoos. I'm, you, I'm clearly emo Ariel. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, so uh, so what I like about it is that compared to other psychological personality tests, like we talked about, like the the Myers Briggs. Um, like this takes, um, a little bit more, it not only takes kind of your personality, um, and finding where your strengths are and your weaknesses are, but it also kind of takes a spiritual component. And, and a lot of it is based around not necessarily labeling a person of saying, this is who you are. This is your personality type. So that way you can just kind of create an excuse of saying like, you know, oh, I'm an ENFP. This is just how I am. It's more of a identifying, you know, because uh because of this is my personality type this is how i tend to view the world this is how i tend to um address problems as they face me you know if you know if i if i see a bear in the woods when i'm hiking am i going to crap my pants or am i going to run away or am i going to pull out bear spray because i was prepared and i knew what i was doing you know it's kind of a um it helps you kind of get a holistic view of yourself and it gives you some some nice guidance i would say to help you identify like how to become a, a more healthier version of yourself. And, and I, I just, I can't help but notice that you said, Oh, I'm an ENFP. And, you know, that's, those happen to be my, my letters that we talked about before. You, oh, Oh, that that's, that's uh what a coincidence. I mean, it's weird that you would. So, 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 so you said so you're an ENFP. I, 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 that's, you were saying that. That's an interesting I was, transition. Yeah. yeah so, uh, and it, what, what's interesting to me is that when I look at my score on the uh, the Enneagram, it's a it's a seven, um, which corresponds directly with the Myers Briggs ENFP. So, uh, and and the the seven is. Uh, considered the the enthusiast, which uh, you know, 
as Josh and I talked about this, I can I can tell you for absolutely certain um, that when you look at the uh, the best version of a seven and the worst version of a seven, I can relate to both of those. Um, it, it certainly nails the things that I'm afraid of and the things that I'm uh, hopeful for and what I most value. All right. So let's talk about that. So as a seven, so I'm going to read off um, some things about that from the Enneagram and um, in case anyone's wondering, so I'm pulling this from uh, a website out there called the Enneagram Institute. There's lots of different Enneagram websites out there as well as lots of different book resources. Um, I'll be very honest with you. I am not an Enneagram expert. Um, and I know that there's going to be lots of different resources out there. Um, best thing I can tell you as you're kind of researching and looking into it, if you decide to do this is, you know, take a look around, do a lot of reading. Um, it's more than just taking a simple personality test. As I was talking to Jeff about, um, it's more than just taking a test because a lot of it is, uh, you might find that you actually score really high in like three or four things, which Jeff actually did. And so we actually went to, read about each of those different things and figured out which which one of these actually resonate with him more um and so we had ended up in uh nailing down the seven right as your personality yeah and and it's it's important to really look at these when you're looking at the scoring and really narrow down and nail down the the things that matter most to you and and the things that, as Josh said, that resonate with you the most. I mean, for me, it came down to uh, initially saying, okay, wait a second, these are absolutely tied. Uh, there's there's almost no difference. And then we started to kind of narrow out, okay, well, that clause doesn't apply. Well, that doesn't apply. And when we looked back at the seven, we looked at it and said, okay, uh, no, absolutely. There's not a word in there that I could chop out it all was very much applicable yeah and I found that interesting and I I think we'll talk a little bit later about I kind of had a very similar experience when I ended up getting nailed down myself Um, but let's talk about this so what does it feel like Um, like for me it was an experience of I felt like somebody was almost like reading me my life story like you know how like it was kind of a weird experience with some people who um, I, I don't so I don't adhere to horoscopes, uh, but it, it reminds me of what I would expect to see from somebody who does like when they get their their astrological sign reading and they're like, oh, that is so me like that is really, really me. And it, it's I think a lot of these are they're not as generic as as that. So it's not it's not like a could apply to anybody sort of thing. Um, but if you don't mind, like reading over like. Describe it like what? What's sure, sure. Story, man? So you know, uh, and and just in keeping with that, I I literally went back and um, went through all the other uh, personality types that that there are and read them and and sort of tried to see like okay, because this is how my brain works. Uh, I, yeah, I look at the the person that gets the uh, astrology reading and they're like, oh my gosh, that is so me. And I'm like, okay, well, that's because this is cast in a in a general way, or this is cast in such a light as to make everybody who 
hears it, feel good about it and construe it in a positive light. So I wanted to know, okay, if I were to get any of these other uh, outcomes, would I read it and say, oh my God, that's so me? Uh, because if I were to able to read every single one of them and conclude with each one, oh, that's so me, then what it means is that the test is meaningless. Uh, but if I can go through and say, well, with most of these, that's not me. And maybe with one or two, I can say, holy cow, that is really me. Like that is spot on. You just read my mail, which is exactly how this one worked out. And, uh, you know, when you, uh, when you look at the key motivation of a seven, right? Uh, sevens want to maintain their freedom and happiness to avoid missing out on, um, worthwhile experiences to keep themselves excited and occupied and to avoid and discharge pain. I was like, that is, that's me. Like you, you would be very hard pressed to get me a material object or item that will impress me or that I'll care about or value or treat well. <laughs> it's probably going to end up in a in a you know in a heap on the floor. It doesn't mean much. Um, but at the same time, if I'm given the opportunity to uh, to go with my family and take a road trip, to me that's something that is completely priceless. It's something that I would trade you know bags of gold for because it's an experience. It's uh, it's doing something with time and time is the one asset that we can't get back. It is everything. And uh, sort of in keeping with that, I mean, you know, uh, I can't imagine somebody with my personality type being a fan of pain. We definitely try to, uh, to dodge that bullet, sometimes to our detriment. And when I talked about, you know, uh, the uh, seven in their at their worst. Um, that's definitely something that I can relate to too, because uh, you know when it, it goes through who a seven is when they're at their worst, when they're sort of caving in on themselves, it's uh, anxiety, it's uh, panic, and um, you know claustrophobia, depression. Sort of, um, you know, the, the walls are kind of. Uh, closing in and caving in at the same time. So it was definitely a relatable thing. Yeah. Um, so in case, so for those of you who don't know, uh, so the Enneagram, the way that um, it was drawn up in this kind of circle um, with the number nine being at the top and then at, like in a clock, it goes around one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, and so we have essentially the seven, Jeff, is all the way on the far left and the, the way that um, people who have researched the Enneagram, the way that they describe it is that typically a number will, it will, you'll have moments of stress and you'll have moments of growth um, or you have moments of like health or unhealth is another way of describing it. And so ironically, well, at least I find it ironic uh, for Jeff as a seven in his moments of stress in his moments of unhealth, uh, he tends to move towards my key personality, which is a one which is more of a perfectionist. And so I can see for him as being a person who's enthusiastic, who always loves spontaneity, who loves doing all these kind of things. 
the moment that that sort of unhealthy it like he gets like the more unhealthier side of of the one personality where he you know you start to become critical of your things and like none of your things start to matter like i can totally completely understand as a one like how that would be very detrimental to somebody in his sort of personality type so that's why i find it interesting i can i can relate to the unhealthy jeff very well it's it's definitely a really weird thing um also, I can't imagine functioning and existing as a as a one as a Josh. <laughs> like I almost feel like I should I should you know apologize to you and buy you a drink. <laughs> and and it definitely I mean it it helps us in our friendship because um, you know that it's if there's somebody who can understand exactly what I am going through when I'm in that that tough spot it's going to be Josh or somebody that's that can just sort of relate with that in general. I live in a world and and when it talks about, you know, a number 7 at their at their healthiest or in their growth mode, um Josh, can you pull that up? Because I I, I want to just really, yeah, I want to make sure that I don't botch that. It's it's so uh, so spot on. So <clears throat> when moving in the the direction of growth, uh, sevens become more focused and fascinated by life, um, and more. Uh, um, interested in finding specific answers, more interested in um, uh, learning. And so for me, I, I feel like, um, you know, it, it's a it's a sort of a perpetual journey and it's part of this podcast, the desire to find truth, to not just accept uh, things as they have been presented to me in any aspect of life, and what was really fascinating to me was uh, when when we were going over Josh's uh, number one, and Josh, you said, what did you say was uh, were, were the two greatest fears of a one? Oh yeah, so so the two greatest fears of a one is being wrong or being evil. And so I I was. I was struck by that. I mean, this idea of uh, the fear of of being wrong, because for me, it's something that I've just come to accept, and it's it's only come through uh, struggle and and a lot of uh, um, questioning and and uh, uh, introspection. Where I look at it and I go, okay, um, I had to accept that. To, to, for me to grow and to learn and continue forward um, and to not be stagnant, I felt like I had to ask myself, okay, um, what's more important to you? To find the truth and accept that anything that you have ever believed could possibly be wrong and care more about the truth than maintaining the idea that you were correct um, and then kind of comparing that to... to the position that Josh is in where one of his greatest fears is being wrong. Um, and, and I just, you know, I wonder what that's, what that's like for you in terms of 
uh, you know, asking the questions that we ask on the podcast and that we just, you and I ask in general in life. Oh yeah. Um, like, so yeah, so this is a really, really hard thing for me. Um, and I've kind of had to, in a lot of different ways, I've had to kind of learn to allow myself to make mistakes. Like there's certain areas where I feel like it's okay to make mistakes. And it's something that I almost have to remind myself on a day-to-day basis. Um, it's a conversation I have constantly with my kids, even explaining to them, you know, mom and dad still make mistakes. Um, you know, you need like, you know, we're, we're, we can make mistakes, you know, we're human too. We're not perfect. Um, I think a lot of it is, a lot of it comes down to, I think we, so I can't, actually, I won't speak for you. I won't say we, I'll say me, um, kind of grew up in a really strong evangelical, um, conservative Christian, American evangelical conservative Christian is probably the best way of describing it. Um, and with that, um, you know, had church literally, I'm, I'm going to say church four times a week. You know, we had Sunday school before church, then we had Sunday service, and then we always had well, Sunday morning service, and then there was Sunday night service, so that's three times, and then we always had Wednesday as well, Wednesday church. So church four days a week, I, you know, I was inundated with church, I was covered with it, you know, I essentially lived in this world where I was inundated with what the truth was all the time, and... I'll tell you, it became really weird and uncomfortable when the moment that I started to um, consider that maybe evangelical Christianity isn't um, isn't the one sole truth that I, I thought it, it, it always was. Uh, it was really difficult for me. Um, thankfully, because of my my personality and the fact that I just am, am, am curious, um, it allowed me to, I think, push past it and like allow myself to continue to ask kind of you know, the questions that we've had both in this podcast as well as in our conversations um, outside of the podcast um, just to kind of sit through and push through and say, okay, why is, you know, why is this true? Why is this not true? And what really is, you know, what really is true? And it's kind of like being able to have safe places to ask those questions and to really kind of uh, to really kind of wrestle through all of that, you know, allowed me to uh, move beyond that, at least in this space. I mean, still in, the, in this space, there still is, I still have a little bit of, you know, what if, what if I'm wrong? I still have that. I think almost, I think that, but in my maturity, I think, you know, 20, you know, teenager Josh who ended up going to Bible college because he wanted to, figure out what it is that, you know, what it is that he believed uh, versus, you know, 30-something Josh who uh, has actually, you know, lived life, you know, beyond, you know, the walls of the confines of, of, a, of a Bible institution um, is able to see that there's a little bit more to the uh, black and white world that a lot of times was painted by the American evangelicalism. And, you know, not to not to pick on American evangelicalism, I, I think that, um, you know, it's also a fair statement to say that that's 
that those are positions that have been taken by um, every religion throughout the course of human history and and every uh, uh, sort of faith based movement. And I would either even can include you know like scientism in that uh, you know anything where you say okay I'm I'm gonna blindly trust this leader who told me you know the way things are. And uh, if only I had the the knowledge and the insight he had, I would understand it. But, you know, I don't, so I got to trust this guy. Everybody's always, you know, follow that same, um, you know, that, that same sort of uh, self-certainty in the truth in, in those movements. And the thing is, is that as time goes by, we learn... Some of those things are correct and some of them are incorrect. And, you know, and then we presume with the same self-certainty that we are now totally right. Right. Oh, totally. And so, uh, you know, for for me, it's it's become this sort of thing where I I have to accept with humility the fact that there are parts of what I believe that are going to end up being, you know, found to be completely wrong. Um, But it is with great confidence that I can say that no one is completely right. And we're all just kind of trying to put it together. So, you know, so I, I, on the one hand, I, I can't imagine the struggle that anybody with that that same fear that, that Josh has, that fear of being wrong, I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, but on the other hand, I can see the way that, um, that that has played out, at least in this part of, of your life, Josh, has been a, a quest to figure things out, to learn, to get deeper instead of being crippled by that fear and allowing it to uh, to cause you to, to, to turn a blind eye to the holes in the theology and, and to the questions. Oh, yeah. And, and let's not be mistaken that uh, I, I know I'm right. Um, I know that I, I knew I was right then. And even though I have a completely different perspective now, I know that I'm right now. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I just look at young Josh and I say, oh, young Josh. Oh, young Josh. <laughs> and and young Josh would absolutely just slap you across the face. Well, that would be his personal truth. I mean, I I, I think I think that's objectively true. But anyway, <laughs> so we we definitely encourage you to uh, to to take a look at the Enneagram test. And uh, find out where you're at. And, you know, for anybody who's wondering, why? <laughs> why does this matter? Um, you know, whether or not you're aware of it, we all have uh, personal biases. We all have uh, worldviews and perspectives and perceptions that uh, shape our understanding. And... Oh, oh, our kids are back. Our our kids are back. They're not even in this room. No, you can hear them. They're in, they're in a different hotel room. 
Well, not yet. They're, they're trying to open the door actively right now, even though we're talking about them. So I would say take the Enneagram test. The, the, uh, the, the best thing that you can do is, uh, is to get a, a better insight into uh, what biases you carry and, and how your brain works and how you see the world. Hey, it's Josh. Thanks for listening to the Christian Freethinkers Project. For more episodes and content, don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Also, we'd love to hear your feedback by going to iTunes and rating the podcast. Doing that will help us make a better show and help others find the show. If you wanted to help support the project, you can head on over to our Patreon page. And for as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to a patrons-only forum, and you'll be able to dialogue with Jeff and I directly. Thanks again. Hope to see you soon.